1: Welcome to A Good Football Show. My name is Pat Corain, and I am joined by John Daigle, NBC Sports Edge, to go over week 13 waiver wire additions. Daigle, how's it going?
2: Everything going well. We are coming off one of the most injury riddled weeks I'd say we've had, maybe not all season long, but at least in some time. And so really, this show is about ranking the replacements for those players we just lost, most of them for the fantasy playoffs.
1: Yes. So let's get right into it. I think the biggest injury, I mean, there was a ton of injuries. So in a a way this, you know, you could debate this, but Christian McCaffrey going down, going to IR now season ending. IR his replacements are obviously not going to be nearly to the level of talent, but there's now a ton of opportunity available in Carolina. And we have some sense about how this is going to go since he missed a big chunk of the season already. So how are you viewing the Panthers backfield
2: for starters? We will rank them at the end, but we won't be talking about Alexander Madison and Kane Wongu beyond this little segment right here, because Madison should be rostered everywhere. Mm -hmm. Very obviously the clear cut option and the top pickup wherever he's available. Cook reportedly will miss the next two games. And we saw Madison's usage in two starts without Cook this year, 51 of 57 RB of the running back carries for Minnesota. And then a hundred percent, all 15 of the running back targets in that time, elite, top end RB1 usage you want to chase. Kane and Wongu would be the guy as a contingency stash to have behind him just in case Madison gets injured in this next upcoming game. But for the Panthers, obviously it comes down to two players now, Chuba Hubbard and Amir Abdullah. Uh and it's a finicky situation because the Panthers have a bye. So we're already bidding on a player that's useless for this next upcoming week. And then they return in a favorable spot against the Falcons, where Abdullah or I'm sorry, where Hubbard, in my opinion, would be the better player just because game script meshes more importantly for him rather than the pass catching back in that game. But after that we get into the next three games for the Panthers against the Bills, Bucks, and Saints. None of those Mm. mesh well for Hubbard. And so honestly, it's like you're bidding uh, on Hills. Uh, We expect like a to be the less important player after the buy and then have Abdullah to become the more important player after the next game, like two weeks from now. So it's really a situation that everyone's getting excited about to get the backup. I personally am not um, just because I feel like we, we lose some importance here for both players. We've also seen since week eight, when Abdullah was truly implementing to the offense, he's run 37 more routes and has seen 13 more targets than Hubbard in that time. And so while I think Abdullah is still the preferred option in particular in PPR leagues, uh, I don't want to like overblow the situation and say like, well, he's a plug in RB two. I think it's actually like a lot of Hills to navigate here.
1: That, yeah, that all makes sense to me. Abdullah's is more interesting personally because, you know, he did have a, a pretty significant target. I believe he had six targets just this past week. You know, you mentioned that he wasn't fully integrated when uh, McCaffrey went down. I don't even think he was on the team when, when McCaffrey first went down. Uh, so, you know, his role's kind of grown a little bit over the course of the year. And, I mean, that's an imposing schedule, right? Yeah. The Buccaneers, the Saints, I mean, two great run defenses. The Bills probably losing at least two or three of those games. The Panthers also struggling a ton offensively. They're not like they're going to be putting up points. The defense, which has also been very good, now starting to show some cracks. So I agree. I think Abdullah's uh, more interesting, but it's like one of those things where, you know, playoff depth, a lot of waiver wire, uh, they're, they're closing soon. So actually would go fairly aggressively, you know. We we'll talk about the other guys, but but to have a guy like Abdullah as an option three weeks from now could be quite valuable. And you know, you you don't really have many other chances to add a guy like that because a lot of waiver wires are gonna be closing up shop very soon. So definitely interested in him and, and Hubbard as well. I mean, if Hubbard's out there, you gotta you gotta bid. Uh DeAndre Swift also now dealing with an injury. Uh, it sounds like he's not gonna play this week, but maybe You know, he might be back fairly soon. Uh, What are your thoughts on the Lions backfield?
2: If you're in the playoffs and really you're just trying to protect yourself, a doula would make sense, like you said, because we know it's passing game scripts for the Panthers two weeks from now. And so, like, just in case – Wait, free agency closes for you and you have to fill in for a starter. Well, here I have this high floor PPR option. I'll just take that and just hope my opponent is also dealing with the same thing in case one of your starters gets injured. Otherwise though, I think Jamal Williams the best stash pickup behind Alexander Madison, wherever available. Uh, both Godwin Abuke and Jamar Jefferson were active on Thanksgiving, and Jamal Williams still outsnapped both by a combined 31 to 9 and handled 20 of the 21 remaining backfield touches behind Swift. And the Vikings and Broncos in Detroit's next two games are actually favorable matchups. So just a touch base low end RV2 and the hellscape that is the injured running back position. Like I think Jamal Williams is actually a, a pretty safe weekly play.
1: Yeah, like I I feel it to me, he feels kind of like a better version of Alex Collins if you were plugging him in for a while or, you know, kind of like in that like mold of running back, but like a better version because you're probably getting a few more targets. Um, And he's he's played pretty decently this year, totally competent running back. So, yeah, if you're trying to make the playoffs, you're trying to push for the playoffs. I, I prefer Williams. And, you know, you could argue that you maybe just prefer Williams straight up. I probably prefer Abdullah if I'm looking pretty locked into a playoff spot. Because Swift also seems like he'll be back fairly soon.
2: That's fair. I think it's going to be two games, but then again, we're talking about the fantasy playoffs. That could go on for the next four weeks, so totally fine. If Swift were out beyond two weeks from now, that would just be a guesstimate. Like we, we truly don't know. Or at least we know McCaffrey's out for the entire year now.
1: Yeah. Okay, let's go to Miles Sanders, who had tweaked his ankle. Uh, we also had Boston Scott lose a fumble, which kind of cost the Eagles the game. You know, it was one of these things where they're trying to drive down on the final play. Uh, final, they have a final drive. If they score a touchdown, it wins them the game. They're, You know, three plays into the drive or whatever, and he coughs it up. So losing the game might be a bit strong, but it was not a great time for him to lose a fumble. So then we saw Kenneth Gainwell actually be out on the field for their last drive, coming back to life, you know, the, kind of the Undertaker meme uh, for Kenneth Gainwell. So what are your thoughts on how are handling the Eagles' backfield?
2: I would still definitely trust Scott significantly over Gainwell. Uh, we maybe like maybe win the doghouse for that last drive. I highly doubt it, though, especially if we're looking at only two available running backs and Sanders is week to week. Scott handled 15 carries. Gainwell didn't get a single carry. Gainwell actually ran 11 routes on his 11 snaps strictly uses a pass catching back, mm-hmm. which does give him a higher floor. If there are only two available running backs there, But we're talking about Scott, if that is the case being a 20 touch option. Uh, and in the short term, they get the jets this upcoming week. So I would still, I would still comfortably love to roster. Scott, if Sanders is out.
1: Yeah. And one thing I'll say with Scott is that like, it seemed that Scott might be dead, even with Sanders before the ankle, uh, they were like very much in kind of a committee in that game, you know, so if you look at Scott's usage, it's definitely inflated by Sanders ankle, mm-hmm. but uh, it, it's not entirely caused by that. I think he would have, you never know what the, like how teams are going to handle this fumble stuff, but given how quickly and how totally they'd face game, well, I, I agree. I think Scott's the play here. And also like pretty interesting play if you compare him to Jamal Williams, he has a chance to have more value down the line than Williams, maybe slightly more. Uh, maybe it won't be like that much more, but you know, he might be as good of a fill in option, maybe better. And then you could have more, you know, of a, a kind of like a one a type of, you got an out to like a one a type of player down the stretch. What do you, what do you think about that?
2: That's the thing. If, uh, we knew the exact timelines for Swift and Sanders, then Williams and Scott would be stronger options significantly over Amir Abdullah, since we're just nitpicking one particular role, whereas these other two players will likely have both roles to themselves. Uh, maybe a little bit of committee behind them, but I don't expect the guys behind them to mix in significantly, game will included. And so that's why I prefer to still bid on uh, Jamal Williams. And then I'd go. Amir Abdullah, and then Boston Scott, and then Shuba Hubbard, and that's how I'm ranking them.
1: Yeah. That also makes sense, too. Do we have a clear sense of, of how likely Sanders is to miss this week in the first place?
2: No. Uh, all we know he, is He ankle. came
1: back to the game after mm-hmm. the ankle injury. So it, it might be the case that he doesn't miss any time at all.
2: Absolutely. Usually we have a better idea of how injuries are going to shake out around this time. But no, this one, since there were so many, um, there seem to not be hard reports just yet on that.
1: Yeah. Okay. I agree. I think I would have I would have Scott behind the other guys then. Um, so, okay. So we talked about the Vikings situation. Any other of these kind of running back injury replacements that we should cover before we get to deep cuts?
2: The only other one I would say is Matt Breida. Not really an injury replacement. And Devin Singletary out-snapped him on Thanksgiving 45-21 with Zach Moss in his first game getting healthy scratched. Singletary also ran 26 routes to Brita's nine, but Buffalo was actually leaning on Brita early until he ran the wrong way on screen pass. And then he got put in the doghouse until the fourth quarter. Uh, So I just wonder if that was just a learning curve. And then they come back out and use Brita heavily again over Singletary. That's kind of the way I'm leaning. So I think Brita is worth an add as well.
1: Oh yeah. I like that one too. Another question here about, uh, I feel like this, this is kind of pre deep cuts level question. The Debo injury. Brandon Ayuk and Elijah Mitchell, they're not really waiver wire type of guys, but uh, I guess, how are you viewing Debo's absence? Because it'll get to a a point that I want to bring up later.
2: Debo, I was ready to go on the show and talk about Debo being like an easy DFS fade because he basically just became James Conner. He became a touchdown dependent running back. Uh, the past two <laughs> games, he has six targets. He has two catches. Like he's been a useless wide receiver essentially, with a higher floor as a running back. Uh, John Jennings doesn't fill that role. Like there is only one Debo Samuel in the entire league, so like John Jennings does not have that higher floor. Now the last three games, he's averaged thirty snaps. Will he be their number two de facto receiver? Yes, but I still actually think it just leads to a higher ceiling for. Uh, Elijah Mitchell, Brandon Ayuk, and George Kittle rather than Jawan Jennings, like being an impactful player, since he just can't do what Debo Samuel does. No one can.
1: Yeah, although I think Brandon Ayuk has been disappointing enough this year. And, you know, Jawan Jennings had uh, almost two touchdowns in mm-hmm. the game uh, last week. So, yeah, he's not Debo Samuel, but he'll see more routes and actually has been seeing more routes already. That'll continue. And maybe, maybe Ayuk starts doing some of that Debo stuff. What do you think about that? I mean, we saw a little bit of that last year actually, where he was doing some of the same kind of running back out of the backfield stuff. So maybe Ayuk does gain value, but also Juwan Jennings has a little bit of value as a receiver.
2: You do want to pick up Jennings, though, especially in deeper leagues, uh, just as a lottery ticket. And let's see what happens yes. here. Because Agreed. Debo's week to week, we think two weeks at least. We don't know beyond that. But the schedule, remember, like in best ball. This offseason, which is all useless now because everyone's injured. But remember, like we were drafting 49ers for 15 through 17 for championship yeah. weeks. And here they are. No one drafted Elijah Mitchell or Jawan Jennings like the, the league winners now.
1: <laughs> and now but, they don't uh, have to play Debo because the schedule's so easy.
2: <laughs> but the upcoming <laughs> schedule for the 49ers, literally to close the year, is going to be Seahawks, Bengals. Falcons, Titans, Texans, and Rams. Maybe someone's rested. Maybe it's a shootout. Whatever the case, it's a really favorable schedule. So I'm at least taking the lottery ticket on Jawan Jennings, waiting to see what he does in this game. I wouldn't start him against the Seahawks, even though it's a favorable matchup. But yeah, sitting him and just seeing what
0: happens. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well, so set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.
1: All right, let's get to uh, deep cuts. Who you got?
0: Kendrick Bourne
2: is 12th in fantasy points per game among all wideouts, a weekly wide receiver one since week three. And because receivers, you know, we talked about Jawan Jennings, are so thin on the waiver wire this week. Bourne is a totally acceptable option to pick up. But I would note the Patriots have a buy and or the bills on their schedule over the next month. They literally pay the bills twice in that span. And so it essentially makes Bourne like a tough sell and three of the next four weeks. So I, I would not bid heavily. I bet in other waiver wire columns, you'll see Bourne discussed heavily as like the Patriots number one receiver. Note the schedule note. You're not getting him during their bye, of course. And so just be very cautious about that. Uh, Foster Moreau, if Darren Waller dealing with this week to week knee injury is out, we've already seen Foster Moreau start in place. Of Waller, he played every single snap ran 32 routes on cars, 37 dropbacks, and got a 17.6% target share. So just literally a low end tight end one with elite usage that you're going to start. Everyone wants, I'm sure an update on the Texans backfield and uh, David Johnson got 10 touches (laughs) in the first quarter and a half, and then he got injured. He tried to come back on, got another carry, got taken off the field because he was still very clearly injured. So now that leaves Rex Burkhead, Royce Freeman, who basically didn't get any time at all in his first active game this past week. Uh, Scotty Phillips, who, again, still dealing with an ankle injury. So we are potentially, yeah, so. if you're very desperate, we are potentially looking at 20-touch Rex Burkhead. I don't know if that's good or bad, but it's there. It's in existence. So just <laughs> oh, take boy. that wherever you want. Let's uh, go. Daryl Henderson is dealing with a quad injury, apparently, because, of course, he is. Henderson, I don't think Daryl Henderson has been healthy one time this week. So Michelle's not even <laughs> mixing in for a role. He just literally comes in because Henderson gets injured every week. Uh, and so right now <laughs> – it's going to be day-to-day. Henderson, it seems like he's going to be limited this entire week at practice, and he's going to be a game-time call. So Michelle's out there if you also want to stash him just in case you get him this week. James O'Shaughnessy played one full game prior to going on end of reserve in yeah, 2021 BDA before Dan <laughs> I touted Arnold. touted
1: him after that game.
2: <laughs> and, and he ran a route in that one game you touted him on 78 percent of jacksonville's dropbacks and i would imagine he gets treated as the same since now we lost dan arnold most likely for the entire year and i think he uh Shaughnessy's is actually a good tight end premium pickup since there's just nowhere else they can go or play at that position and then finally unless you have some more to add uh darius slayton ran just one fewer route than kenny galladay if you're desperate yes kenny galladay was peppered under Freddie Kitchens for seven targets, but also like it's not the same Kenny Galladay. It's a worse offense still. And so uh, Slayton may even be the more explosive option if Kadarius, Tony, and Sterling Shepard are out again this week.
1: Yeah, it was interesting with Freddie Kitchens. We saw him, uh, you know, he, he had a little bit of creativity in the sense that he had a flea flicker that was a tight end screen. It was a, <laughs> I've never seen, have you ever seen that? A flea flicker that just goes as a five-yard tight end screen. It's like the, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. The,
2: right. the the Giants offense was significantly better because Jalen Hurts threw three interceptions. But yeah, he kitchen's right. play calling. It works miracles.
1: Yeah. Um, but oh, the other thing then, I noticed is well, they were peppering Kenny Galladay with targets in the in the end zone. So I think that's one thing with with Slayton that he won't that he won't have. it. he's absolutely. gonna be, I think, a pretty low upside option unless he has a defense. Slayton didn't get a
2: money zone. target. Uh, he didn't have a single red yep. zone or end zone target. Those all went to Kenny Galladay. That's the difference there. Um, yeah. Having said that, we know that Slayton is the is is just a terrific deep threat. Anyhow, if Daniel Jones is ever upright, also there's one quick question in the chat about Josh Reynolds. Yes, Josh Reynolds just fine has now led the Lions and routes run in back to back games, um, been the team's number one receiver. We saw him get open for a big play on Thanksgiving. That's literally all he did one time, and so like I still question his ceiling. I don't even know if he has 100 yards in his bag. And this Lions offense that leans on the run since Dan Campbell took over play calling, but sure, like a wide receiver four or five who's going to be out there every single snap absolutely
1: the other guy i would mention is uh austin walter the jets guy who uh kind of came out of nowhere and look i mean we saw three-man rotation on the jets that's disgusting we don't really want any parts of that but it's like a very cheap stash them and see how the situation develops type of play i like it because carter's gonna be out a while and you're betting against tevin coleman which is something i'm very comfortable doing right so the hope is that coleman the realized very quickly, this isn't going to work with him getting a big role. And that role goes to Walter instead of Ty Johnson, which seems pretty realistic to me, given that the opportunity arose for them to install Ty Johnson in as kind of the classic lead back. And they didn't do that. They they included this third guy that no projections were accounting for, you know, no one assumed he would have any kind of role at all. So he's definitely a little bit interesting, not as someone to start right now, but just to like have as the last guy on your bench.
2: And also as Francis notes, um, be aware that Howard's coming back. Correct. But also Howard's week to week. Like we don't know when he, we're getting him back either. I think that's uh, about it for the injury replacement waiver wire podcast.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was a fun one. Uh, thanks everyone for joining. Before we go, I just want to let you know you can get an edge in your fantasy league with player rankings, projections, tiers and alerts for players on your team or who you're eyeing on the waiver wire by signing up for NBC sports edge. Plus you can do it at a discount using the code good 10 to get 10% off your annual subscription And we're headed down the backstretch of the NFL season. The NBC Sports Predictor app, powered by PointsBet, has you covered with Sunday Night 7. We're giving away a shot to win $1 million every Sunday night throughout the rest of the regular season. It's free and easy to play, so predict what will happen between the Broncos and Chiefs for a chance to win. Download today from your app store or visit NBCSports.com slash predictor. The other key thing here, check out Dagle's waiver wire article. That's going to have all the additional context that you need to make the right pickups this week. One of the most critical weeks, as much as we joke about, you know, the injury replacement stuff, you got to get these pickups right because we're headed into the playoffs. These guys might help you win the championship. as
2: Permar says, also read Pat's walkthrough.
1: Oh, thanks, Permar. Appreciate that. Uh, Yeah, that's out on uh, Friday. So check that out if you get a chance. And we will be back here next Monday at halftime to cover uh, one of the final waiver wires of the entire season. Thanks again
0: for joining us. We'll see you later.